Hello, welcome to Graphic Policy Radio. This is your host, Ilana Levin, a.k.a. Ilana Brooklyn. Graphic Policy, of course, being a podcast for people who love undocumented genderqueer space rocks. Uh, That's right, tonight we're talking about Steven Universe, the most inclusive TV show that I've seen, which, oh my God, it's an all-ages show that's animated and gorgeous. Um, The uh, season finale just aired the other day, and like many people, I found it extremely moving. And uh, one of my guests messaged me, like right after watching it, basically, and said, can I come on the show to talk about it? And I said, oh my God, we really should do an episode about this. So I think this is the first Steven Universe episode we've done. Um, and I'm excited to be doing it because it's a show I love deeply and that I think is really transforming television for the better um, and society at large. Like I, it's such a powerful force of good in the universe. Um, now we're going to assume that if you're watching this, you listening to this, you are uh, watching the show because it's focusing on the season finale. Uh, but there's definitely really great explainers online as to why Stephen Universe is so queer and so perfect and why you should drop everything and watch it on Cartoon Network immediately. Uh, but joining me today is Jameson Hampton. Jameson is a non-binary adventurer from Buffalo, New York, who wishes they were immortal so they could visit every coffee shop in the world. You may have seen their comics and games criticism at WWAC, Rogue's Portal, and SideQuest. And Ethan Gould longtime friend of mine. Uh, Ethan Gould is a visual artist and project developer living in Brooklyn. He is a graduate of the Visual Narrative MFA program at School of Visual Arts, likes to create work about fictional materials and even worse, fictional logistics. He mostly writes about the environment as a character. Welcome to the show, everyone. Hi, thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, thanks for having us. I mean, this season finale, I, I felt at the end of it, like this could be the whole series finale i don't think i've ever seen anything quite as satisfying a, a conclusion and yet it's not even the series finale i was like it, second guessing myself i was like i thought they got renewed i'm like looking it up and i'm like they did get yeah. renewed <laughs> yeah yeah it had this amazing sense of completeness of the story arcs i i guess i'm jumping ahead to the end because I, we can talk about later about <laughs> what i think might be coming in the next bit but we do know that there is a steven universe movie and that this is literally not the end but to have been able to tell the story over the course of so many seasons and uh, have it conclude it, in one hour, it was a one hour special episode, so powerfully, like, I mean, everybody was crying. Can we, can we all acknowledge that everyone was crying? This finale was amazing. Yeah. I, I, I was just... I don't think it, I've stopped it, crying yeah. since it aired. Yeah. <laughs> I've watched it twice, and... Um, not surprisingly for me like the moment that i cried was actually in steven's last song on the mandolin where he sings about uh, i wrote the lyrics down it's um i don't need you to respect me i respect me i don't need you to love me i love me but if you want to know me you could if you change your mind and i was just like i can i'm gonna cry right now (laughs) right (laughs) Like, this is such a powerful statement about queer identity on television, but I think it probably speaks to hetero people, too. And I, there's something about the quality of a uh, voice actor's voice on that number as well that really sounded like Rebecca Sugar, the, you know, yeah. the showrunner. And I could, like, hear her voice singing it. I, I think she has one of the most beautiful voices I've heard. Um, and so it felt sort of like this she's singing this and Stephen is singing this and all the songs of course are gorgeous as, as always but that that was the moment that killed me when, when did you start crying Jameson I mean I there were a few points but I agree I was just like sobbing afterwards and like when you say I agree about Rebecca Sugar um but like particularly having no knowing that Rebecca Sugar recently came out publicly as Mm non-binary and to know that she wrote this um you know as a non-binary person and like this is what she wanted to put out in the world for for me (laughs) was just really powerful I mean I, I 
I think like I kind of take for granted like people understanding like the significance of the show for non-binary folks, but I don't want to take for granted <laughs> that. And I think we should probably expand on that a little bit more for listeners. I mean, they had St- Stevani, you know, as a character who, you know, when Stephen and Connie fuse is canonically non-binary and they've used they, them, their pronouns on the show. We see Stevani, you know, shaving when they get stranded on the space rock for a while um shaving their face to be specific sorry and um but it wasn't just that right there's like so many moments of this show that i've touched on it if you want to if you have a minute to expand on that jameson i'd appreciate that yeah um i've been watching the show since it um started and the first episode with stevani was kind of such a shock like no one expected that to happen and it was this amazing moment for me and lots of people where it was like wow this is the first time I've you know seen someone like myself on television and um you know immediately in the first episode of Stevani like they were beautiful and amazing and everyone around them saw that they were beautiful and amazing Mm -hmm. and that was what was so amazing about it um so that's just, you know, a really big moment, I guess, in my life, and I'm sure a lot of other people too. And I think that, like, for me, the show has really been a lot about trans issues for a long time, but I think mm-hmm. that the past maybe half dozen episodes or so has been so much more explicitly about that. And to actually to answer your question from earlier when you were like, when did you start crying? Um, the first moment in the finale that made me cry was when Blue Diamond uh, confronted Yellow Diamond and was like, she prefers to be called Steven. I was like, whoa, that just happened on TV. Yeah, this whole uh, story cycle of when they've been on Homeworld has just been full of basically like figures of people in power trying to dictate who Steven is supposed to be and who everyone around them is supposed to be and what their identities are. Um, like that's, and that's what makes them the bad guys and the antagonist for the duration of that part of the show, basically. The other really big moment to me, this wasn't in the finale, but just a couple episodes ago during the ball when all of the crystal gems start fusing and there's these like two random gems that just happen to be at the ball that like also fuse and they're like and us and i was just like and all the crystal gems are like i don't know i guess but like that moment of like i thought i was the only one and i'm not was like really powerful too yeah oh god i mean you know it's interesting because you see in this episode the fear of fusion that that the the, you know like the, the ruling elite are against gems that aren't the same exact type of gem fusing and they're against people fusing without the permission of the leadership and fusion you know is a metaphor for um a metaphor for relationships not necessarily romantic ones but it can be uh but the other reason and it's also and fusion makes the characters more powerful so there's this thing where it's like they don't want them to fuse because they can't they can't control it they also don't want them to fuse because that fusion is makes them more powerful and makes them greater than themselves and it changes the balance of power and so it's sort of it's it's to me it's sort of saying that like you know you and your identity and connecting and your queer family are powerful and that's why uh, oppressors see that as a threat there was a, a quote one of my friends, uh, Ariana Trujillo wrestler said, said um, another organizer said, white diamond is cis heteronormative assimilation, AMA. <laughs> and I was like, yep, there you go. And it's basically about them policing everyone else in their specific ordered world to have to follow those rules. And yeah, I mean, I think the most radical thing, one of the most radical things the show has done throughout is turn people who were supposed to be antagonists into people who are also being victimized by the systems that they of oppression that they participated in and which is so real it, it is and and this season like it, you know they even brought white diamond into that um oh, it, 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 the um 
you know, like yellow is saying, you know, and blue, they sort of talk about like blue. Oh my God. Blue is this amazing example of a character who is melancholy and, and sadness. And in this show, like this particular episode, they're showing like blue, ha- like blue is a blue is depression and blue is going to have to deal with that. But blue doesn't have to, blue can figure out ways to handle their depression without making it like a bludgeon on other people. Like, and I, I think mm-hmm. the, the, the really amazing, um, and the fact that it's, it's, this is baked into the, the real foundation of the show. What I just, I love about the whole gem homeworld arc and, and sort of like having them move up the sort of like hierarchy of power all the way to the top is, mm-hmm. uh, with blue diamonds. And there, there's that amazing, and I know that um, IO9 already pointed out this very particular bit of dialogue, but um, just the really amazing speech back and forth talking about um, blues, you know, the, the way that light, that blue absorbs light in a particular way and that yellow diamond absorbs light in a different color spectrum in a different way. And those are both personality characteristics. Mm-hmm. And just having that built into the world from the very beginning yeah. Uh, and, and just having like that real final payoff of like these characters personality traits are are part and parcel of the character design and then also then seeing it from white diamond's perspective where they're considered weaknesses and then totally having them flipped over by team steven and having them you know being shown as strengths instead and that really amazing line talking about how diamonds are brittle which is mm-hmm. actually the you know the chemical composition of of that particular mineral, but then this whole empire that's built on rigidity and this idea of like no fusion and social cohesion in a very particular way, like that whole that that metaphor of rigidity all the way to the top, being this thing that like this this sort of like gender policing that's happening in this world um, or the metaphorical gender policing that's happening mm-hmm. in the world is inherently brittle and it was going to fail no matter what. Um, and that's just such an amazing a thing to have in like a kid's cartoon, but B to have it all be so like crystal clear in the dialogue and in the way that the characters are developing. And it all comes from that moment with like blue diamond and yellow diamond, like having their fight out and then coming to that understanding. Yeah. God, I, I just want to read the quote yellow diamond says, I do everything you ask and I do it perfectly. We diamonds are hard, but we are also brittle. I mean, every every time that we see Patti LuPone on this, I just shut, I, I shiver because, <laughs> like, to have a talent of her caliber on this show, I think is a is a big validation. I think to a skept, perhaps a skeptical public, but um, her line reads are amazing. But then with Blue Blue saying, "I know my purpose isn't to be happy, but I find it harder to enforce your rules when they make me miserable," and like, and she's acknowledging that like she might not be able to be happy in the way other people are but that there's you could be worse or or better within that scope like i think there's a lot of interesting things about blue and mourning and depression that kind of are in, hidden in there and um god it's so fucking good there's been a lot of talk about the themes of chosen family which i i'm sure we'll get into but i think that also mm-hmm. a huge theme separate from that that i haven't seen discussed as much is this idea that like your flaws are part of you in a way that's not bad Mm. like your flaws being a flawed person doesn't make you a bad person it makes you a real person it's kind of every pork chop were perfect (laughs) we wouldn't have hot dogs and they brought it back (laughs) there were so many first lines in the yeah yeah um i don't know if everyone has seen like the original pilot from before it got picked up and the art style changed and everything mm-hmm. but um the ref there was a reference to it with uh what's your excuse there's all that comebacks my am, am i talking about something oh, that i didn't people even catch that that do you know what i'm talking about with the with the pilot i don't remember it i don't all. remember it there was I've like seen a, it but i don't remember it it was like steven had like a uh an item that like he used for comebacks so like if he thought of a good comeback he would go back in time to say his comeback Oh and so, gosh. like, Garnet oh set my God, him up. Oh, that's right. He, Garnet, like, set him up, like, you know, she said, Stephen, you're such a butt face, so that he could yeah. come back. And he goes, I can't help it. What's your excuse? And then he says it to White Diamond. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it was amazing. I mean, it was amazing to see all these pieces that were built into the show from the start. Like, 
you know, Obsidian, for example, mm-hmm. um, who is the fusion of all the gems, well, all of the crystal gems together. Like that's the goddess we see represented in the temple. And it made me wonder if maybe that temple had been sculpted by a thankful, a, th- a thankful human race who had seen them all forge as, uh, as Obsidian and um, save the planet, perhaps. That is awesome. I did not catch that. Um, I've been waiting to yeah. see the temp. Like, I feel like the temple fusion in my air quotes that you can't see is like something people have been talking about for a while. And like, finally getting to know the temple fusion in, um, in Obsidian in a real way was really cool. Particularly because, like, you know, when they fused and Peridot goes, they're huge. Um, and it's like, yeah, you know, they're huge and they're powerful. And, like, that's why they're here. They're here to be powerful, to do this fight. But then they're still, like, tender to Connie in a way mm-hmm. that, like, makes them feel very real. And they're black. And yes. White Diamond is white. Absolutely. I've had a number of um, friends of mine who are, who are black comment on that with respect <laughs> to the show. I was, like, duly noted. Thank you. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about how they're visually representing White Diamond in the show, because we didn't really get to see them until this episode as much. And I love the transition to the different animation style once they get into White Diamond's sanctum. I mean, I don't know if, Ethan, you want to talk a bit more about the character design there and the animation design. I mean, the, the White Diamond as this incredibly like imperious character, just like the stark white and it's it's so interesting using using the white light as a metaphor uh and it really just opens up a whole lot of questions about like how the gems were created and how they were formed and are they all just sort of like supposedly or does like white diamond just see them as pieces of her like grand self uh and so has the right to then like be the state and bring them back and sort of control them however she sees fit but -hmm. just having that like really stark like bright white light which is, you know, typically in in visual fiction, this metaphor for purity or like, you know, holy radiance or something and having it just read as like harsh and evil and just mean. Um, and that like the, the sort of warmth and color of all the other characters is just like wiped out. It's just wiped out and suddenly we have like, um, you know, Mama Rose from Gypsy coming down on them, like trying to control... <laughs> like their children and just like with the, the black lipstick and the you know the the slight heels and just the the really imperious body language and like the really stark makeup against this like blinding white background which is also the character um i think the show is yeah. so incredible at merging and this is this is pretty much all i ever really write about is like merging like place and character and having having the environment and the characters do like double or even triple duty with the kind of metaphors that like a piece of fiction is trying to shut up, set up. And like that white inner sanctum is just the most like perfect note because it's so imperious and so bland and like really churning <laughs> that sort of like white purity that you typically see in, in fiction, just totally on its head for its own purposes. It's really great. That's beautiful. I mean, it, this, this, this special has been about healing an abusive family and that abusive family sort of as a metaphor for society at large. Um, you know, they're saying if we can get the, if we can get to talk, we can fix this family. If we can fix this family, we can fix gym society. Like they basically mm-hmm. say that straight out. I also think it's um, a really great kind of pull back to Connie and her family because like at first Connie seems so out of her element on Homeworld and it, I didn't totally make the connection until they kind of got into it with Connie being like, oh, you think I've never been grounded? Like, I'm, (laughs) we're in this abusive family situation, not that, like, she was in maybe, like, an unideal family situation originally that she's already gone through, and, like, Connie, it, it was very interesting to see Connie kind of in her element, even in this very alien environment. One of the things that I was most nervous, like, heart in my throat about this whole episode was whether... Stephen would be revealed to be Rose in a different mm-hmm. way. And the whole question about, like, who is Stephen? Like, is Stephen Rose on any level? Um, like, the, all the flashback dreams in this episode really got me scared. Uh, and yeah. I had never questioned that his identity was himself and he was just having a psychic connection to his mom. I'd never questioned that until this episode. I always had read it as he has a psychic relationship to his deceased mom. He's himself. That's that. 
Um, but it made me think about how seeing your abusive family makes you doubt your own identity, right? So like Stephen was always so confident that in what I just described, you know, he was psychically connected to his mom, but he was himself. And then he starts having more and more of those visions of being her. And it's, oh yeah, it's like this, because he's with his abusive family, he's questioning his identity. And they're, they're saying that he's not who he knows he is. Right. I also think that um, if, if you want to take, you know, Stephen as this um, transgender metaphor, which I think has become more and more obvious, like this idea that like my past isn't me, but I have this connection to it. Like if it's, you know, maybe I, that's what I used to be and I'm not anymore, but the idea that he would have memories from that past does kind of like fit in with that metaphor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I kind of liked that. Um, I know that like one of, I was thinking about this when you were talking about kind of white diamond and this gender policing too and this you have to be what you have to be because like one of the other things that she says at the like when he refuses as himself you know and she's like you know you don't look like this you don't sound like this and that kind of grasping at like no I need you to be this person that I used to know but like that person um isn't you know here anymore and that can be really hard like for families, even, you know, non-abusive families um, that are just accepting someone in their midst that's transitioning and changing. And there is like a sense of mourning for there was this person I used to know in my life that I cared about. And now there's almost this new person. I've, I, I, this is just something that I went through, but like the idea that in a way the old person is gone, but in another way, now you're i'm giving you this opportunity to understand me more fully and i think that that was really kind of driven home with um steven's song at the end which we talked about yeah yeah god um the idea of don't don't mourn this person that you feel like you're missing but celebrate the fact that now you know me more thoroughly than you did before if that makes sense yeah i i mean i feel like the most violent thing that's ever happened on the show really was white diamond like surgically with her nails like removing steven's stone i was i was yeah. terrified when it went to what commercial a after terrifying that, image it went to commercial yeah. after that and i'm just sitting there no. going, what the fuck like what <laughs> I mean, and the show had built towards that because it had the whole episode where, like, oh, where yeah. the three three gems and a baby were, like, Pearl is thinking, like, well, maybe if I get this stone off this baby, Rose will come back. And there's the fear of, like, Pearl not understanding God, that. I hadn't even made that connection. I was really scared for a second that Pick Stephen was just going to be Stephen and that the human flesh would be discarded. And it was like, wait, no, that's not going to happen. This <laughs> is still a children's show. But I was like, I can't do with that. <laughs> But the fact that the uh, show's like gotten so like sophisticated in its subtext that you're like even considering that is a pretty good mark in its favor. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, oh man. I, I loved the the design for like the the sort of like the I don't know like pink Steven or the Ur Steven or like I don't know the the pseudo Steven like the the gem Steven that appears mm-hmm. like having it that that really like having all the lines be pink like in this weird sort of way. Um, is a, like it's such a powerful character note because you haven't seen it in the show before. Like there's no there's no character who is just purely the color like the essence of like their of their character except wow. for White Diamonds. And I just having seen and that. then it's just so beautiful in the moment where he's just like shouting at her and does the anime like the ground cracks underneath it like Dragon Ball style and it's just like it's so <laughs> it's just like the power of Steven's voice is enough in this sort of like essentialized version of the character. That's well, on so Twitter, cool. I on Twitter I saw somebody had done an edit of like you know uh, Pearl singing you know from uh, and I loved you and I loved her and then, then it cuts to Stephen saying she's gone she's, she's gone I, <laughs> I died but also uh. somebody did an outline the, the 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 Dragon Ball Z pit that Stephen shouts into the earth is shaped uh-huh. like rose quartz the gem what oh, really shit. Mm. yeah 
Oh. I didn't catch it. That's awesome. Perfect design in every way. Amazing. That's so, so cool. So speaking of perfect design, talk about the new fusions. Yeah, I was going to ask that too. I want to hear Ethan's take on the new fusions. I um, I really, 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 really care a lot about Rainbow Quartz 2.0. Like a lot. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, like really? I finally, hmm. <laughs> finally, it's like finally there's a character that's goofy and pretentious at the same time. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, it's perfect. <laughs> I want it. Um, so I think that's been my favorite sort of. You like, also want their outfit. I'm, yeah. I'm going to be real. I pref- I, I'm particularly excited about the jacket. Was I think my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> like just a perfect delivery of a perfect line because everybody notices it, and then like having the character like in universe, it's like yes, that is the ultimate like '90s like you know waist high like shoulder jacket. It's just perfect, and it's like it's a callback to like the outfits. And I'm sure I'm not the first person to point this out, but mm-hmm. like the you know in that it's it's sort of like the when we see like the '90s them when when mm. she's still really jealous um of mm-hmm. of rose quartz's new lover and uh like having this sort of like much less like she's not a precious ballerina anymore she's like integrating her past a bit more and it's really cool it's just a really cool note and like it reminded me of course of um her outfit from the mystery girl episode yes absolutely so I like oh really i didn't em- even catch that she's embracing there are jacket wearing lesbian yes <laughs> um yeah, the characters are amazing. I liked what you said about what it was goofy and pretentious. Goofy and pretentious. And I like it because, <laughs> yeah. like, Pearl, because um, Sardonyx also has this very circusy. Uh, Sardonyx and Rainbow Quartz, too, I think, share this kind of very circusy, showy thing that I don't necessarily think Pearl has on her own, but the fact that it keeps popping up in different fusions of hers I, means that, like, she does have it and I really like that like it's it's pulling out these pieces of herself that I think she's uncomfortable um dealing with when it's just her oh that's so Mm. interesting Mm. I I it's interesting also like a metaphor the visual they metaphor for using her a lot is ballerina so it's like maybe like the form of performance that she's comfortable doing as herself right now in public is this very trained precise performance of it but then when she's with somebody else she's able to be more improvisational with it more hmm. expressive with it. Hmm. What I but yeah, I feel like everybody's talking about Rainbow Quartz 2.0. What do you think about Sunstone? Like the 90s 90s to 90s. <laughs> Don't try this at home, kids. I think it's funny <laughs> Don't because try this at, home. at first I was like, really? Like this is so cheesy, but like then I thought about Garnet and Steven together and like of course they're cheesy. <laughs> I really, I really like the voice actor. I'm sorry, the voice actress. I, I believe on Sunstone, like that voice actress. Just, I, I was very excited by it. Um, I, 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 w- w- I wished that the character had more of a face. Like it was mostly like sunglasses and a smile floating in a mass of flame, because it felt less peopley than some of the others did. But. Mm. Um, but overall, I was very. I thought all the, the the new designs we saw were amazing. It reminded the face reminds me of a little kid drawing a picture of the sun mm. <laughs> with like sunglasses and like a, a mouth. <laughs> uh, yes, it reminded me a lot of the um. Oh, what is it in Super Mario uh, three? Like the angry sun that will come down from the sky sometimes. <laughs> it's like, oh my god! All power. Like you can't even you can't even look at his face. It's too powerful. Wow, it was it was really it was fun. I I um I one of the folks on the show uh, asked said on Tumblr somebody asking like what are the pronouns for the new fusions and um mm. and they were like we will uh, we will address this soon basically was the answer <laughs> on Tumblr. So I don't know if that means that they're going to answer themselves because I don't really know that we'd be seeing them that much more in the show. But maybe I'm wrong. But um interesting facts to hear. Um, speaking of character design changes, very excited about Lapis's new outfit. And yeah. like, I I don't know a word for those pants other than harem pants. And I'm sorry for calling them that. I tried to find an alternative word. But I, the one thing I feel like I'm really missing and wish I could see was like what how we got Lapis back. Like how we got Lapis to um, rejoin the team and like. To come back from the moon. From the yep. moon. I don't know if folks have thoughts about that, but. I'm not gonna um, lie. I want to talk about Paradox's new outfit. 
<laughs> yes, let's talk about Peridot's talk about Peridot's new outfit. Peridot is just yeah. like a walking Gurren Lagann reference now, and I love that so much. <laughs> a walking and like, who? I'm sorry. Gurren Lagann is a mech anime, and I felt like there was a lot of Gurren Lagann happening in this episode because, like, I was already thinking about it. The, those glasses that Peridot has in her new outfit are like a. Um, a Gurren Lagann reference and then like wow. there was mech fights happening and I'm actually re-watching Gurren Lagann right now and my fiance's watching it for the first time like we started less than a week before the this this the finale came out and I was like I'm so glad you're watching it you can understand why this is so funny <laughs> <laughs> Lana it's really great <laughs> I it, I'm I'm so deeply not interested in mechas like it's it's, it's like, so good though. Oh, like, this is like you can. It's it, like a trope <laughs> on the show now. Like I don't. Gurren Lagann is like almost a parody of mech show. It's like it's this okay. confusing line between like parody and serious. Like they're playing it serious, but they must know what they're doing. Huh. <laughs> well, one isn't, thing that isn't was Ding Dong Sun. Oh, sorry, go on. One of the things I was really thought was a beautiful metaphor in terms of those fusions is you know Stephen. Stephen's solution to getting the gems to come out and I was legitimately worried they weren't going to come out and I should have known of course they are this is a children's show but my brain was like what if they don't come back um, was his solution to get them freed again was you know to fuse into each of them and I thought about that in terms of like relationships as a metaphor for as a, as a, this being a metaphor for how relationships can be healing um, that that was the way to get that. that was the way that he found to free them from their being trapped like Basically. I'm here for you. You can come yeah. out because I'm here for you. That's beautiful. Yeah, and he's falling while he's doing it, so he's like sort of passing through their bodies. It, I, that whole scene worked for me really well. Oh, now that you say that, it's kind of like in the wedding episode when he like passes through them um, when they're fighting, and he's in like ghost form or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? No. When he when he's unconscious in the Garnet wedding episode. And he like jumps through each of them like I believe in you, and then they fight harder. It's oh wow! Like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, that's so, so true. I mean, one of the things I've been thinking about the show a lot is relation to sort of the the idea of identity is not being fixed, right? But it's not only is it not fixed in terms of your gender; it's also not fixed in terms of like the literal boundaries of what constitutes you. Um, mm, yeah. There's something transhumanist I, there. That's uh, really. Yeah. It's not even. It's not even like. Yeah, it's. I think the thing for me that I love so much is that I was, I was, getting to Gem Homeworld. It was like gonna, get like oh we're getting really, neck deep in in this world building, and it just like it delivered a thousand percent on exactly that. And it's like, it's like, transhumanist, but also like, a metaphor for all the ways that like Western individuality is really shitty. And like, hmm. kind of really taking a stand of this idea that, like, yeah, you're totally right. Like, you're you like the boundaries of you don't necessarily end with you. Like, people people are kind of like squishy a little bit, and like society and you know couples and the way that people interact as a community or a family is not like, you know, there's there's less of a division there than we want to sort of think in I guess neoliberalism or you know for lack of a better word. And it's just like seeing that really. Oh, and and also the fact that the diamonds, like their their perfect jeweled family or whatever, like their fusion is completely artificial. It's this artificial mecha construct. It's like artificial limbs, artificial huh. like legs, artificial body. It's like it's a it's mm. a it's a constructed false fusion that is is sort of like this really weird top down thing that doesn't even really work against like a natural fusion, and that's really interesting to me. I, I hadn't just, thought about that. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that either, and that just made me think of something else, which is if Homeworld is so against gems of different types fusing, does that mean that none of the diamonds have ever experienced what fusion is like? Mm. Ooh. Because yeah, that would they change have their bodies. the way they feel about it, I think. That's so true. I mean, like, you know, white takes over the bodies of blue and yellow, like, by turning them white and making them into like puppets and i don't think that but yeah i don't know that they fused i used to think that white diamond was a fusion of but before we knew that white diamond wasn't i thought that white diamond was a fusion of the three you know because magenta blue cyan and yellow you know are the are the subtractive light palette so i was like oh maybe that's what white diamond is but but yeah i think i was wrong um but uh yeah i i i don't 
I didn't think about that. You're right. That is sort of how they've done it. They, they have this machine that ends up fighting itself, basically. It was creepy. Oh, did anybody else think of when they entered through White Diamond's eye to get into their sanctum, sanctorum, as it were, that totally reminded me of the scene from The Holy Mountain. Ethan, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, maybe, but um, I, they... I, I do. I've tried to. There's there's no possible way I think I could explain this over the radio. <laughs> You're right. So, so, so good okay. luck. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I thought of. Um, yeah. There, there was the everything in this episode was like to the most, and it brought in such nice little touches from the past, like the healing of the gems from the healing of the gems that had been bubbled. I was not expecting that to even fit into this episode, but they did it. They what? used song and they did it. When I felt I was, like the. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. When I was watching this episode and thinking, like, is this the end? Like, what else do they do after this? I was like, oh, well, they still have to deal with the corrupted gems and like healing them and i was like that's probably what the next season is going to be about and then they like also did that and i'm like oh my gosh there's <laughs> like, so much oh. <laughs> through a healing trip to the sauna but one of the thing i noticed about the corrupted gems was that most of them though not all of them the design that they had didn't look like homeworld gems it looked different and it looked sort of rounded and cartoony almost and i wondered if maybe that was deliberate to sort of be like after they are healed Maybe there's something more of Earth about them. Maybe there's something mm-hmm. a little bit different about them physically because they didn't look to me like the other gems that we've met. Hmm. Did you see any of that? or I didn't really think about it. Like you see all of the, 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 you know, the the one with the white hair that likes to eat chaps, Centipedal, (laughs) the artist, the gem formerly known as Centipedal. Like they have a design (laughs) that's, I think, a little bit more in line with what we've come to expect. But um, there was a number of like characters that looked much more rounded and cartoony than what we had seen, I think, before. And we got to see the moon and the sun beetle kiss uh-huh. each other on the cheek. Yeah, it was, Call, it was second interesting. episode. It was interesting because um, they really kind of drove home this idea that like gems on Homeworld don't have room for fun or for feelings about each other, and like obviously all of these gems, all of these corrupted gems. Um, most of which probably fought with the rebellion, um, because that was kind of how that went with the corruption wave. Um, all had like a lot more love to them. And I think maybe that's a reflection of their time on earth or their time with the rebellion or perhaps why they were the kind of gems that decided to join the rebellion. But I hope we'll see more of that in mm-hmm. the upcoming movie and season six. I feel like they all went to space, though. What do you mean? But didn't all the all the healed gems go back to Homeworld in the ship? Oh, I don't know. I don't well, know. I think we it would did be get cool to, see... to show us them for one second and then not go into any of it. I kind of, well, we'll see. I kind of suspect that. But I, it was nice to see Bismuth back making puns and giving an uppercut to an upper crust, as she says. <laughs> I return um, to Homeworld not as your servant, but as your savior. Yeah, that was a great from Paradox. <laughs> yeah. Just like... I am. Um, <laughs> I just appreciate Bismuth always being right there with the class analysis. Totally. Oh, there was another costume note that really caught my attention with um, Lapis Lazuli's uh, 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 pants, the yep, the yep. little the little ribbon thread. It's it's yellow. It's a peridot thread. It's like suddenly she's not one hundred percent blue for the first Aww. time. Um, <gasps> Thank it's like you. This little, it's this little this little yellow thread that's been added to the costume, which is considering her personality like really con- like it's a little sliver. That's really significant. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. I'm still hoping for a peridot lapis fusion. I think we're going to get it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if there's more to the show and they say there is, then, then yeah. I, 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 um, I was thinking about, I, actually, my husband was saying this as well. We were feeling, like, less sad about the end. Pretend for a minute this really was the end of the show, which it wasn't. We were feeling less sad about the end of this than we were about the end of Adventure Time. And we realized it was because 
the end of Stephen, if this was, which I guess it isn't, represents a return to wholeness for the characters in the community. Like they've healed themselves. They're in a better place now. Everybody is alive and like their lives are good and they're moving forward. And Adventure Time has this ending where we travel so far into the future that everybody we knew was dead. And like <laughs> it's, it's, it feels good in the sense that we know that the earth continues to move forward, but it's a lot more existentialist than its conclusion. So um, I felt like this was, this ending was more was a, was a happier ending, really. There's actually can I talk about there was one th- I thought it was great overall. Obviously, I'm having mm-hmm. all these feelings, but there was one thing that bothered me about this episode, and my hope is that we'll, this is what we're gonna go into in the future, uh-huh. um, which is that it happened like this this conversion of the diamonds kind of to Stephen's side. Um, it was something that I was expecting, but it happened kind of quickly. And what's mm, a little mm-hmm. bit conflicting for me is this idea of just expecting everyone else to be okay with it. And I particularly kind of saw that at the end when they're on Earth and the off colors are on Earth and they see the diamonds and they're like, you know, oh, it's okay. They're here to help. And I'm like, well, actually, you know, don't tell the off-colors how to feel about this because yes. they might have some baggage about this that's very legitimate, you know? Mm-hmm. And there might be a lot... There's a lot of people that have been hurt in a lot of ways that um, I I guess it bothered me a little bit that the show kind of glossed over this, like, oh, well, it's, it's all good now. We're all fine now. And yeah. I think that there has to be some healing. That, like, we need to see how life changes for, like an average gem, not just Steven and the Crystal Gems. And I think there needs to be some struggle with that and perhaps some healing. And I'd really like to see that as the show goes forward. I, I agree. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I was I was thinking that the ending, I mean, I know it's also, well, it's the finale, so it's got a, and it, it, it is just so like, it's so interesting because it's like, well, you, you can always fall back on, well, like, well, it's a kid's show, but it's like this show has set the bar so astronomically high of what a kid's show can be that we're like, we're having this amazing conversation about like, well, it would be really important maybe that there's got to be like some sort of like important political or like personal reconciliation for all the wrongs that have happened. It's like the fact that we're setting the bar there, <laughs> that is so awesome. Um, cause, yeah, because yeah, I, I agreed. I, th- I thought that it's like, well oh, sorry that there's a potential bomb at the heart of your world made up of your shattered comrades, but uh, things are fine now. It's cool. I mean, were those the character? Were those the... I don't remember if those were the shard. The shards are different than the corrupted... Yeah, yeah the shards right. are still um, like a mega fusion in the, in, the, in the core, I think, now. You're right. Oh, my. Well, I guess that could be what happens next. Hmm. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. I was guessing that what happens next would maybe a story arc about the gems and their interactions with the, the with humans of Earth more broadly. Like maybe the next step for it is how do the gems integrate into Earth society? Because they're not really right. at all. And most there are that unanswered questions guess. too, because I think that it's pretty heavily implied um, that. Pearl, our pearl was white diamonds pearl, and white diamonds pearl was pink diamonds pearl. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I I have it. In, I okay. I'm glad I, that was literally the next topic I was going to bring up. But also, um, so I'm glad that's what you think. Okay. Because like, because you white, look at white pearl's diamond, broken face. Yeah, white pearl was in Stephen's flashback, and also um, the placement, like blue and blue and yellow's pearls have the gem on the chest, like blue and yellow. But Pearl has hers on the forehead, like white, and White Pearl has hers on the stomach, like Stephen. And I, I love the fact that, like, she, they even say, like, "Well, I'll have to take your pearl away," which implies, yes, that's what she did. She took her pearl away, and right. she like broke her pearl to make her into her own automaton, basically. The this is this is kind of a throwback, but like a line of the show that I think about a lot now and I kind of laugh about is like when they were first meeting some of the pearls and the diamonds like a couple of seasons ago and Steven was like, Another pearl, like Pearl, do you know her? And Pearl goes, Not all pearls know each other, Steven. And that was such a good line, <laughs> but then like now that we're all into this, it's like, but yes, I did know those pearls specifically. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I well, also with like the pink and, and white, like you know, the fact that the thing that Stephen does that gets white to sort of realize that no, things are not perfect and perfect is not ideal anyway, is gets everybody blushing and, and turning pink. And, and you see that moment on her face as well, like of her becoming a little bit pinker again as that control is, is broken. I, and, and the, moment, the moment of like, you're acting like a child and White says this to, to um, Stephen and Stephen says, I am a child. What's your excuse? What's your like, excuse? <laughs> like as a show for kids, like it's an important thing to emphasize that they have the ability to be kids. And, and, and to be at that point in their development. I still don't know if, you know, it, how Stephen is going to grow. Like, we do know that he's has a slower physical growth, but I, that was something else that I thought might have been addressed when they yanked the, the stone out of him. I don't know. I feel like Stephen might be immortal like Gems. I'm not sure. I didn't think that before this, but now I wonder if he is. Oh, just like thinking about the, I, I think that was also like another Gurren Lagann throwback when um, Amethyst is like, I'm the Ding Dong Sunshine future and your friend forever. Like that's, I mean, Amethyst is immortal. Like she might really mean it. Like it might yeah. be that they will literally be friends forever. Mm. Uh, real quick, let's talk about the, uh, the music through here. It was exciting to see Sadie performing. Let me drive my van into your heart on a big stage. That was so cute. And, um, I, I, having Steven sort of come on to sing with them and he's singing the theme song of the song. It was like such a moment of completeness. And I noticed that when he goes to the part of the song that is where the song goes higher up uh, and normally is sung by Estelle, a.k.a. Garnet, Steven's doing the whole thing himself. He drops it down as he's singing it rather than going up, which I thought was sort of a nod to the fact that he sounds older now. He sounds more mature. And then he does the Stephen in the Stephen song. <laughs> Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I like that. I mean, he does also sing redonkulously high at the final mm-hmm. song on the man, on the on the um, that we were talking about, where I felt like he's channeling Rebecca. Mm-hmm. But I saw it was like, yeah, he's doing this song in his way, and it actually goes deeper when he's singing it, and it sounds great the way he does it. But it's not actually how the song is originally done. I just I think we've talked a lot about the relationships, and especially at the beginning, we we're talking a lot about. Um, kind of the queer metaphors and such and I think that really at the core and I don't know a lot of people have already discussed this but the the fact that this is really a show about chosen family is really beautiful and I think that that's such it's just such an important thing in like queer culture and it just it resonates so deeply that I don't know. I guess I'm having trouble. Sorry, I brought this topic up, and I don't know what to say about it. Sure. I mean, I, what, I, have a, I mean, I guess this is sort of a jump, but like, what did you think about Stephen saying, like, I've always been me? Do you think that Rose has always been Stephen, or that this is a different moment for Stephen? I think that Stephen is I think that Steven is kind of trying, he's, it's a recog, sorry, it's Mm -hmm. a recognition for him that he is linked to his past, but it's kind of this way that he can assert, like, this is, this is my life, and I'm choosing to do what I want with it, which is a theme that has come up in the show over and over and over, and, like, the way that the gems um, interact with him is so different than how they would have interacted with Rose even though I think there's some part of them I know there's some part of Pearl because they've gone into that deeply that like still wonders if she's there but she still interacts Mm. with Steven in a very different way and I I actually really love that they did Rainbow 2 because it's Mm -hmm. kind of like driving that idea home that like Rainbow Quartz is different because there's a different component going into them. Because Steven is different. Steven is, like, his own. Yeah. And so I think that that is part of this whole kind of chosen family thing because the gems have to decide 
you know, Rose was part of our family and now we have this new person instead of Rose that's part of our family and like how is that going to play? How, what are our relationships with this new person like? And this is like, I try to think about sometimes like how minuscule the amount of time that Rose has been gone and Steven has been here must feel to them because they're so Mm, old. God. So, like, right. it's something that is, like, Stephen is kind of like, yeah, it's me. I've been here my whole life. You know, it's always been me my whole life. And to the gems, it's, like, so fresh. And they're still figuring it out. And, like, you obviously see that over the course of the past five seasons, they're still figuring it out. Like, what is our family like now? How does this affect it? And how does it, you know, make us stronger that we're still together in some ways? Yeah, that's really true. I I am. And again, like the whole notion that the family unit is like how they're going to heal the planet is something that we saw even in like the uh, Thanksgiving post Trump election special (laughs) as well. And like the line, like, what is it? Poofing them isn't normal. How many times did you lock her in there? It isn't normal. Isn't How many normal times did you make her cry? It was really powerful, too, I think. Like, the way that Stephen was just like, I'm glad you brought this up. The way that they were like, Apolo- Blue was like, apologize for what you did. And, like, I expected Stephen to say no, but I expected it to be like, you know, no, in your face, I won't. And the way he was just like, no, I'm not gonna, because I'm not sorry, was really powerful. Like, he obviously had, like that's so sorted out in his soul was really cool i love the line he's like we fuse all the time it's totally normal and fun like (laughs) bam right on the head what else is there to say it's It's totally normal and fun (laughs) i think at the end of the day like you know steven had this abusive family situation and maybe it's resolved maybe there's still some tension to still be resolved as i was hoping but like it's it's great that that situation with the diamonds has become better but at the end of the day Mm -hmm. like is steven gonna go and live with the diamonds on homeworld or is he gonna stay on earth and live with the crystal gems obviously he's gonna stay on earth yeah and so like it's it's really cool to see kind of too like not only you know, I have my chosen family. They're very important to me. I have my, quote, real family, um, air quotes around that. But, like, I have my, you know, biological or whatever family, and maybe I can heal with them. But that doesn't mean I have to give up this family that is my life, you know? And so I really, like, you can have both, and you can stay mm. with the one you choose, and that's okay. I like that. Well, that's really perfect. Thank you for bringing that up for the show thank you um so let's tell our listeners where can they follow your work on the internet ethan um you can follow me um at spectral house on instagram and jameson um you can follow me on twitter at jamie bash i spell jamie j-a-m-e-y and um i have my website is also jamiebash.com Aw, well, thank you both again. And this is Graphic Policy Radio. I'm on Twitter all the damn time. E-L-A-N-A underscore Brooklyn. And Graphic Policy, of course, is at graphicpolicy.com for comics, news, and reviews. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Our next episode will be about uh, a really awesome webcomic, now graphic novel. And I hope you'll join us to listen to that as well. Oh, Human Star with Blue Blue Deliquanti. Uh, And thank you all. And uh, keep it geeky.